Yeah, dude, I tell you what, man, Round Guys is a dope spot. I've been with them for about eight years, more or less, uh, between being a uh, consulting chef for them and then also being a, uh, a partner with them. That's the Glenside Ale House, so that was the, uh, oh, the restaurant shit, which is pretty dope, so... All right, we are here on another episode of Sessions with Mary Jane. I am your host, Jordan Freed. We are without Brendan and Rena today, um, but we have a, a very special guest uh, coming all the way out from Pennsylvania. He has uh, an illustrious history in uh, many different fields uh, that we like here on Sessions with Mary Jane, uh, but I won't uh, give away too much of his story. Currently, he uh, has a show, a podcast, and we will get the name of that podcast. I don't know if it's called The Philly D Show or it's called something else. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, with Philly D. Yeah, it's uh, T-E-L-L-I-N apostrophe. There's no G on that. We're not telling. <laughs> I'm telling you. Well, it's a, uh, it's a Beastie Boys with uh, Biz Marquis from Intergalactic. Oh. So at the end of Intergalactic, Biz is like spitting in the studio and you can hear him and he's like super educated, I'm smarter than Spock, Spock, that whole thing. But he keeps doing the echo and at the end he's like, yo, I'm telling you, with the echo? Yo, I'm telling you. And so it became a thing where him and I, my best friend, Mr. Gemini, who I do the show with, we, um, you know, just going back and forth as we do, like just talking, we would always kind of be like, you know, this, that, and the other, and be like, yo, I'm telling you. So when it came time to name our show, it was almost like, duh, like that's, the show was already named. We just had to realize that it was us just talking about fucking everything. It's like crazy. So, yeah. So what should somebody expect if they're uh, going, they have to go on YouTube for the uncut version? Oh yeah, yeah. So we do the uh, we do a radio edit for uh, directionsofmusic.org. Uh, it's a nonprofit radio, which is actually uh, I'm one of the partners in now. We uh, my buddy who was the the main owner, uh, we actually just split it out to a couple of us. So uh, we're we're starting to run this. Oh yeah, salute. We're starting to run like full deal studio set of like a radio station. Um, because before it was like some, it was like mostly just like programming, almost like doing a playlist for freaking iTunes or something, but just setting it in as like, this is this show and this is this show. But so now we have, uh, we do radio edits for that, but we, you know, we do those for, uh, Apple, Spotify, Anchor and iHeartRadio. But yeah, the YouTube is, uh, yeah, you get to see us actually in studio, sometimes with the guests, sometimes there's a, you know, it's a video call, but, um, I'm a sound engineer by, by like old school standards so my audio quality is usually like through the roof you know no matter what so are you like trained in that like you used to do it a lot or you just have become a professional from your yeah, craft not formally trained but i have read the books that they use for the different schools that actually will give you you know degrees in this and whatnot so yeah it's um mostly hands-on but also messing with the right people and reading the right literature and then practicing what you've you know read so in, in years years of doing it i mean decades for decades i've been doing music Oh wow, cool. Um, we'll we'll get into some music a little bit later because I'm not I'm not the most musical person in the world. But you've handed me a beer, and oh, yeah, I feel like we would be remiss. Swords. Whenever somebody brings us a gift, I feel like we have to mention the gift. Oh, I, I, absolutely. <laughs> I appreciate the, I the, same thing, uh, the kindness. Yeah, um, in the sessions of, with Mary Jane, uh, this is a very good IPA. I'm not a big IPA person, but you know what's funny? This is. Uh, this is a uh, round guy's number one seller and as a 9.6% double hazy Imperial IPA liquid swords, like dude, it's, you would think it'd be a beer that only, you know, beer snobs or IPA specific people would like, but this is literally their number one selling beer. 
This I've seen grandmothers. I'm like 80 plus year old. It, Gladys was a sweet, sweet lady, and I enjoyed her time. Like she was like, this is no joke. I literally had freaking old lady in a walker come up to me, started talking shit to just be like, oh, I'm gonna talk to the cute beer rep guy right now. Like you know, just having a good time. And she's all of a sudden like, oh, IPAs are dumb. I'll never drink them. Blah blah blah. She literally winds up grabbing a four pack of this, slinging it over the top of her walker, and takes it up to the freaking counter biggest smile on her face like dude this is the beer that like anybody can drink whether you like ipas or not it's crazy yeah it is very tasty uh i recently became a bar manager at a mm. brewery uh up in monroe new york yeah you were so saying that i get a lot of people coming in trying beers you know yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I haven't gotten a lot of beers recently up in my like tap room so like i haven't had new things to try <laughs> but i have people like telling me about like literally every brewery in the area and there's just so much going on in like the beer world um it's fascinating it's yeah it's been exploding it's really kind of awesome because you're almost getting these destination spots now because you get like three four five in the same you know town even you know not even city just like yeah. literally town small population areas and it's just like holy crap and it's like people who like trying just different kinds of beers all of a sudden you literally just turned your town into a destination location for craft beer yeah my bar is literally just open when i go there so like <laughs> if i have something to do like it's just not open but like, I, <laughs> I don't feel bad because like there's dubco there is uh apex brewery okay. there is uh rushing duck there is uh drownlands there is shepherd's eye brewing there is uh oh fuck equilibrium brewing uh so just out of like those that i can think of off at the top of my head are like 30 minutes away from my brewery and probably open if i am closed and it's just like we are in a residential neighborhood so like only like 14 cars can be there at once so like it's a hot spot where like if you don't know about it you're never gonna know about it but if you know about it you're like, wow, this is like my own spot. Like, it's it like very good easy, like corner <laughs> pub shit. That's pretty hot. Yeah, no, I like it a lot. Um, how do you think that, uh, do you think that breweries are starting to bridge the divide of a divided America? Do you think we're uh, coming together more? Because like, I feel like people who come to bars and drink, like, I feel like we're co- finding common ground. Like people come out in like big ass groups and like, you know, people are like sometimes mixed politics. Like, you know, it's multi-generational sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know what? Like as far as I've been aware, at least in the past couple of years, there seems to be an almost, um, 50, 50 split back and forth as to the whole of the craft industry, how much they sell and, you know, the whole of uh, all domestic. So, you know, domestic and craft now as two separate styles of the industry are, are pretty much split. So, yeah, it's um, and especially going back to that whole uh, like you were saying, you're, you're in the middle of a neighborhood. I mean, round guys did the same thing. They're in the middle of, you know, Lansdale, right in the heart of town. Oh, wow. But they have their own parking lots in the back because parking's tight because it is a small town. Yeah. But it's very much that sense of, you know, even if it's snowing outside and everything else is shut down, we can make it in, we can crack the doors open, and the community can still have a good time. And we've done it. I was actually there one time when we did it. He, my, dude, my, my guy who owns the majority, like, picks me up. Like, literally calls me. He's like, hey. And I was like, I'm not getting out. He's like, I'll be there in 20 minutes. I was like, works for me. Because I could care less. I mean, I was uh, I was his consultant chef back then. I was digging trenches with him because he was building his company. This is like eight years ago, and they were only like three years old. But you know, they they put themselves in the middle of the community for that reason. 
you know, and that's beautiful. So that's why I'm like, yeah, I very much feel the craft industry. You're getting more of that mom and pop kind of a thing. And it's really accepted. And, and it's not even just accepted to do, but in the industry, I see at least a lot of the people are like, oh, yeah, you should. If you like our stuff, go across the street. Or, hey, you know, you should. We're all supporting one another. Like, it's a really good just, I mean, God, it's, it's been great. I love it. Yeah, it's a, it's very cool, the beer tourism industry. I'm like a big fan of the people who are in it so far. Like, I don't even drink really that much anymore. Like, it used to be something that I was more into, and now I kind of just, like, drink professionally or socially. <laughs> like, like if, if I'm doing it for, like, work, like, I'm like, oh, I have to try out a beer. Like, I have to try out the local beers and, like, see what's on tap and shit. Because, like, you have to just be aware of, like, the taste of things if you want to be good at your job. Like, you can be very, like average at your job and not try the beers you know and just describe what's written on the back of the can to everyone which is very easy to do <laughs> but it's good to like drink the beer and have an opinion on it at least so that you can be like oh yeah i've tried uh, rushing duck i've tried this i've tried that like oh yeah i go to drown lands all the time like i like trying these breweries or whatever you know uh i hang out in bucks county a fair amount <laughs> like we had a comedy show there the other day and there's a bunch of breweries like we literally pass by like a brewery a distillery Distillery, like bitch and kitten we pass by then we pass by ashling distillery and it's like there's stuff going on in places that you're just like whoa i i just crossed the border like i'm just here like to go somewhere else and it's like there's already stuff going on that i want to like stop into and like see what it's about yeah i mean you get very commercial like up front on the the major routes and then you also get very uh commercial property where it's almost industrial you're back in like complexes and stuff so, you know, you can get these, and I think that's what's cool about it too, is it's, even though you're still a part of your community, you can either be in town or outside of town and you're still doing the same thing. It's just from a, you know, slightly different angle. Oh, you know, definitely. Yeah. And that's, I think that's the, the, I've been enjoying the most about the craft blowing up is the, the ones that seem to be making it are the ones that actually care. And so when you only have those people that last, you know, after a few years, you start seeing the same kind of faces again and again. All of a sudden, it's like, dude, those years disappear. You don't even realize it. It's like five years later. It's like, holy crap, you're already celebrating 10 years now? Jesus. You, like, round guys just celebrated 11 years, man. Oh, wow. 11 freaking years. It's a long time in any business world. Dude, I'm telling you. So it's like, it's insane. So you, when you get that kind of stuff, because then there's, you got well-crafted. Well-crafted is literally a half a block around the other side from us. Oh, cool. You know what I mean? And they're the same style. They give a crap about their community. They, they're making their own food. They're, they've been around for a few years now where their beers are actually starting to get good because it's they've been decent, but they were making what they liked. And now that they're realizing, hey, let's pay attention to our customers and you know, you have to do it that way. And a lot of guys, I think when they come into the industry, think they're like, oh, I'm just gonna make dope ass beers because that's what I do for my homebrew and they all love it. That's not, you know, that's not a feasible market. Like you can't sell that way. Like that's, <laughs> that system doesn't work. So when you start to, to do your thing and you're doing it for your people, all of a sudden it's just like, holy crap. And then you just, hey, you start getting some dope stuff. So yeah, Wellcraft has been, I've been loving their stuff lately too. Hmm. Uh, what is your favorite style of beer? If you are drinking a six ounce pour, it is end, end in the night. You're just like, I just want a good taste of something like before I go to bed, like. Mm, wow. Wow. Cause 
Yeah, I'm actually more of a tequila guy, so I would Oh, wow. That. Okay, so yeah, you're not even that much about <laughs> beer sometimes, too. Cool. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm literally a... Uh, I love Patron and Ajo and Extra and Ajo. Those are like my jams. Straight um, straight tequila, just shots? Pretty much. Nice. Um, I mean, I usually keep the bottle in the fridge so it's chilled, uh, nice. so I don't always add ice. But every now and again, I do add ice, but it's, it's not so much to water it down for the flavor. It's to water it down because I... Just want to be drinking more water. Trying to be like, you know, air quotes, smart drinking. Yeah, definitely. Hydrating while I'm consuming. Hydrating Um, is very important. I'm like trying to uh, lay off coffee. Uh, Rena has been helping me try to uh, get off coffee. Because Mm -hmm. like other things are drying out my system for sure. So I don't need like coffee on top of that. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Yeah. I I do my best to just be, uh, you know, moderation because we were talking earlier about diet and stuff and, you know, it doesn't really matter what you're consuming as long as you're doing all of it in moderation. So if you're having some fruits and some vegetables and some carbs and some breads and some, you know, as long as you're having some of everything, good sources, obviously, but yeah, dude, moderation. And I think on anything, your body pretty much can deal with that. You know, obviously some things most likely should be less consumption, just general, but you know, it doesn't really sound like much fun, so... <laughs> this is very true. Um, so let's take it back now. Um, you said that you've uh, had a little bit of a musical career, since we're talking about fun. Uh, where did that start, and where did that take you? Oh, so I was eight years old, my mom was like, you're going to learn to play piano, just like her mom did to her when she was a kid. It was just like, all good children know how to play a musical instrument, and piano is the most sanctified instrument, you know, it's like... Truth. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to, to, to some degree, I can agree to that, you know, because between the pipe organs and whatever else, or, you know, the keyboards, like, it's very churchy, gospel, like, you know, preachy, good, kind of, so yeah, piano was my thing, which was great because um, only getting that formal education for, I think, like a year and a half, two years, um, which my piano instructor, uh, believe it or not, was uh, Ronald Reagan's drill sergeant. <laughs> so in boot camp, Ronald Reagan was his freaking, yeah, so it was kind of hilarious. Um, but yeah, uh, learning that was awesome because I then got into guitar around like 13. Oh, nice. And I was able to translate reading sheet music for piano and where the, the keys were on the board to the relation on the guitar because I'm very spatially minded so like you know I was saying earlier I have this movie screen that's literally in my head like it's just how it works my brain's just like always projecting stuff to me but being able to see how things work in that fashion it just it, it only made my my thirst for music that much more um you know, fast forward wind up playing bass uh start learning how to play the drums i dj for a few years so i've done like freaking vinyl and cds and samplers and i've had to deal with like mixing and scratching and just like plug and play too because you know i'm an uber freaking audio video nerd and i love just being able to plug and play with stuff and make things work and just see what i can frankenstein and so it's at this point i just i make music on um on my doll which is a video digital audio workstation but i also use that for for my you know podcast and stuff because again i'm a sound engineer yeah so it's not so much that because i mean i make i make beats and stuff i got a i got another channel uh, on the youtube called uh, all things philly d because oh. it's just it's me and what i do so i make like fall asleep fast videos uh chill lo-fi <laughs> uh hard-hitting 808 stuff you know but very dj minded so i do like remix sounds almost where it sounds like i'm chopping stuff up because i love chopping stuff yeah you know so yeah at this point now 20 plus years of just messing around with music now i just i just make it for fun and you know try mm-hmm. to 
try to mess with other cats that like so i'm doing some collabs now which i can't talk about honestly because uh, the album hasn't dropped and it's on the backside. but yeah i got some i got i got some fun cool stuff in the works right now what do you work on like software wise what do you use oh my other platform yeah. fl studios huh. you know what's funny is i actually used that <laughs> and i used the cheap version the the 200 like the base model and I make banging stuff out of it, but it's because I know what I'm doing. Because again, those books, like all the stuff that I've been reading and practicing, is is built for all of music. The you know what the different frequencies are and why and what the tunings are and I mean all of the the different effects you can use and what they're really doing and the root from it. When they had to make it mechanically and now it's all digital stuff. So it's like, you know, I've I've learned the history and I've done my my reading. You know what I mean? Like that's just to me that's how you learn something is you got to do the respect. See the see the work, do the work yourself, and then try to add to it. So, mm. have you always been a reader? Mm. So I don't like reading other than like dry academic bullcrap. Like I read, books, <laughs> I read books about music theory, quantum physics, uh, you know, fiscal policies, uh, foreign policy, what the economic systems and like you know just how everything works. To, like I I want to read like statistical data and you know peer reviewed papers and stuff like that, but. Yeah, so I, I'll put my hands on that, but you give me a book of like, oh, hey, like, no, I don't I don't read for fun. I read for education, which to me is fun, though, so. Yeah, that's still reading for fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what's just, something that you taught yourself how to do uh, from reading? <sighs> you know what? Electronic circuitry, um, like building, like, actual amplifiers, like MOSFETs and stuff like that, and. Uh, getting into electronics and, and literally making uh, like battery packs and then different circuit boards that you can build different things like timers and displays and you know how knobs for like gain control and all that stuff works and like, dude, I'm uber nerd I really am it cracks me because I mean if you look at me I'm like all tatted up bald he's very, I, I can attest he's very tatted up we'll <laughs> talk about those in a second <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. but yeah I mean that's the thing is like I've I, I, to other people I look very menacing but like in all honesty I'm just super chill very creative like I just I love love like I'm just like you know gentle giant types more or less <laughs> yeah uh, yeah it cracks me up because yeah cops look at me and they're like alright what'd you do you know, kids look at me, they're like, I want to go play on him. I'm like, I am kind of fun. <laughs> you know? like and I got dad jokes. Just saying. You're a tree that people want to climb. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Oh, dude, the little kids love me. Like, you can even ask my, my, my daughter, who's like hella into kids. She's actually doing college for uh, special needs education for younger, specifically um, dealing with like um, linguistics and how to communicate. Because she's doing sign language as a secondary for it. Um, so yeah, she's like, she's super dope and loves kids and she's, she always sees me around kids cause she loves kids too. And so when we, she, they come to me, <laughs> they like her, but you're just like, yeah, what's up? You got stuff for me. I'm like, I got the hookup. What do you want? I don't, I'm taking care of you. Wow. Um, yeah, I love being a dad. That's like my favorite thing in the world. Like no hands down being a dad is the dopest thing huh. ever. What did you not expect to love, uh, about being a dad that you like have come to love? Like, what are things that you have discovered about life through children? How to care more for yourself so that you can be around to care for others. Mm. Never would have, I mean, dude, I, uh, patience, which comes with that. I, oh, geez. I was, the old joke was, is when I was younger, is I asked, I asked the universe, I was like, the heavens above, like, please give me more patience. Like, I need more patience in my life. And, the, you know, and then like six months later, as my kid was born, it was just like, oh, crap. Like, dude, funny how the world works. Like, get, careful what you wish for, buddy. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's, um, 
Yeah, dude, like seriously, because now you're 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 held accountable for another life. And it's your job to teach them everything that you've learned from, you know, your past of just how your parents raised. Because I don't care how you got raised. You can say it was good, bad, whatever. Other people can say good, bad, whatever. It's what you learned from your past that makes it what it is. And it's how you can take that education, those lessons, and move forward and be the better you. So, I mean, take any and all opportunities. It doesn't matter how horrible or decent anybody can see it as. Forget any of those, you know, signifiers of what it is. Like, forget value any of that. Your experiences are your experiences. Your lessons are your lessons. Learning those lessons and applying them are the only way to make yourself a better person. It's the only way it works. Wow. Um... Very profound, yeah. I do, I do that sometimes. I don't, I don't have kids yet, but like obviously, <laughs> like I'm always thinking about the uh, the both sides of the coins. <laughs> yeah, and you know, honestly, that's a, that's another thing because if you're if you're the the thing I always said after having my kid and my friends because I had I had mine like really young. I was I was early twenties when when the first one came out, and um, it's I I. I I wasn't in a place to understand what it was until, you know, having it. And so then, you know, my friends having theirs six, eight years later and they're coming to be freaking out, you know, they're, 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 they've been known for a month. They're like, okay, we're pregnant. And it's just like, all of a sudden they're just like, Oh my God. I'm like, here's the deal. It's like, I'm gonna be honest. The fact that you're this freaked out and the kid's not even born yet. Pretty sure you're going to do a good job. <laughs> <laughs> and they all have and I, it's yeah. really, you just I mean I say that about anything though you just have to give a shit it's it's that freaking easy man <laughs> yeah it takes uh, love and and care um, let's uh, shift up a little bit um, yeah man we're gonna I hear that you have a little bit of a green thumb as well and I, I kill everything that I grow so I, I was curious <laughs> if you wanted to uh, talk at all about uh your your growing habits and how uh you have become more of a master grower in your life uh, well i mean oh, okay how about this why don't you ask because i you and i on the side i've i've expressed a few things and given you hints and knowledge of so i mean i've told you some stuff but like hinted toward others um how about you ask me a question that you uh, kind of piqued your interest and if i can answer it then i will do so how about that um, can I talk about, uh... Okay, yeah, we can talk about that. Uh, yeah, no, I, I was wondering a little bit about your experience, uh, growing, uh, God's green herb, uh, the Mary Jane. Uh, so, I, I guess the, because there's, like, several stories to it, but the easiest way to say it is, when I was super young, uh, like, 19, uh, going to my, my GP, my general practitioner, my, you know, family doctor, and talking to her about having joint issues. Now, growing up, I had what was it would be you know air quotes described as growing pains, uh, um, and so it was typical for my knees or my elbows or to, to have some sort of almost like arthritic feeling uh, because it was growing pains. And but you know, come to find out, and you know, at nineteen, I kind of stopped peak growing. You know, I just I hit six foot and just stopped there. <laughs> it, just like you go no further, which is hilarious because everyone else is like six one, six four, or whatever. So it's like I should have been at least a couple more inches, but um, but I'm still having these pains, and it's like th these are like they wake you up in the middle of the night. You know, I have insomnia and everything else. So I'm, I'm talking to my doc, and we start running through the gambit, all the pharmacultures, pills, 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 pills. 
these ones make me sick. This one gets rid of my, you know, my, my, my stomach. Like I can't eat anything. This one keeps me up all night. This one makes me sleepy all day. Like everything and anything that we tried was just not happening, bro. So finally she's just like, well, do you know about marijuana? And she says marijuana. And I'm like, you know, like doc, you, you see my, like, cause you know, in the, in your, you know, your confidential stuff, you give to your doctor, they ask you about any kind of drug use and stuff. And dude, I'm the type that's like, Hey man, legally, you can't say nothing. You're here to love and protect me. Like, cool. I'm going to give you that knowledge. Yeah. Yes. I smoke this. Yes. I do that. Like, here's my list of things. You know, I'm 19 also. So you know, my house, it was never seen as a bad thing to experiment in life. And that includes, you know, but doing it intelligently and safely. So at this point, it's like, yeah, I, I smoke weed, but it's, you know, I'm hanging out with my dudes. It's smoke weed, bro. <laughs> smoke weed, man. And, yeah. And she's just like, well, do you, do you know what, you know, the cannabis healing? So now she's saying cannabis. So it's just like, okay, wait a minute. You know, at this point in my life, I only, yeah, I only know it is like shit that, cause dude, I grew up in a barrio outside of Los Angeles in California. You know what I mean? Oh, wow. So, I mean, I grew up in an OG Bato hood where there's like gangbangers and freaking, you know, drug dealers. Coke, weed, whatever. Like it was supposed to be an up and coming white collar suburban, you know, neighborhood of Los Angeles. Dude, it, it was never up and coming or white collar. You know, I was the white kid in the neighborhood by the time I left. Yeah, that was like crazy stuff. But so I'm at a place now where all of a sudden my doctor, who I trust, is like, well, hey, cannabis. And I'm like, oh, shit. What's up? <laughs> so I started doing some education, which honestly back then was not easy. There was, there was, there really was not much literature. Uh, the internet was really not huge yet. It was still kind of AOL and growing and you know what I mean? So to, to get not only information, but correct information, very difficult. You had to, which I was fortunate. I came across some individuals who knew what they were doing. You know, cats that have, as far as I'm considered, better green thumbs than I will ever have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. These guys are fucking old school. And some of them are just, you know, same age as me, like in their 40s and stuff. So they're not like much older than me or about the same age. And dude, they got knowledge that I, I, I hope to possess someday, you know, but, and it's just, that's, but that's who they're supposed to be. So yeah, I was, I was turned on to it from, you know, smoke a weed bro to, hey, I can consume this by eating it. Uh, I mean, I can eat it raw and it has benefit. I can cook it into butter or oils and, you know, I can put it into lotions and make salves and, you know, tinctures. Like I'm literally getting the most insane knowledge dropped on me because I'm thirsty for it and I'm trying to heal myself. You know, yeah. trying to get rid of these freaking pains. You know, I think some of them would say it's almost like uh, like uh, fibromyalgia kind of stuff. Uh, you know, it's... Um, like rheumatoid where it's just, I mean, it's you, you ache and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. And it fucking sucks. Yeah. But you know, coming, you know, again, cause I was pills, pills, pills. And I'm, I'm so against that just, just from who I was and how I was raised. Cause I was raised coming, you know, born in Spain and raised in you know California. Oh wow. Yeah. That's, I mean, cause my, my father was in the military. Technically I was supposed to be born in like Guantanamo Bay, like, you know, Quantico shit. Um, oh, wow. But that takes a while to get your papers in. And <laughs> in the meantime, my parents are like, well, what's the closest, easiest Spanish speaking country? Uh, and Road to Spain. So they, they moved there. Oh, wow. So that's where I was born. But then, yeah, I've been living in a Mexican barrio outside of Los Angeles. So it's like, I was I was raised very Chicano. Oh, wow. So, yeah, and that's going so back your to. So parent, wait, your dad is Spanish? or No, we are Americans. But you just speak Spanish because of the neighborhood you were in? So, yeah, say I'm un poco. Like, I don't speak a lot, though, because I don't practice it. Yeah. My, yeah. my um, 
my comprehension, I always say, is very good. My vocabulary for speaking is, you know, mi español es muy malo. I'm always like, my Spanish is very bad. Um, but it's just because I don't practice it. But yeah, I grow, but that was, a, that's, that's another thing growing up though, is the, the neighborhood wants you to speak Chicano. And my mother's like, if you're going to speak anything, it's going to be prim and proper. So it's like true Spanish or, or true English. <laughs> so, you know, the, my, my friends in the neighborhood tell me to speak one way and then coming into my house, it's like, no, you have to be this other way. <laughs> so it's like complete dichotomy that I'm forced into. It's like being social. I have to try to be me, but trying to be me is also like, cause you never know if my parents were like listening. Yeah. If they catch me like throwing that, like, dude, they, my mom would just, and it wasn't like they beat me a lot, but you know, <laughs> but no, it was always those things where just, you can, you know, just moms being mom. I expect more of you. <laughs> Such a, oh, we didn't raise you to have that kind of mouth. It's, it's so it's like, couldn't be me. Um, but yeah, I think doing cannabis to fix my joints and having that kind of a, a, a upbringing. Cause again, I mean, I saw like drug dealers and OG Vatos and shit, slinging the shit, hanging out on a Tuesday morning in their, their front yards, having barbecues and shit. Cause it's like, they can do it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, that's, that looks like a pretty good life to me, bro. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they got low riders. They got like a pretty, pretty bomb barbecue going here. Like you just not looking like a bad deal to me. So having, having the knowledge that I had getting into it and again, trying to heal myself with it and that kind of background, it just, it be kind of became natural for me to be more inquisitive about growing. And then obviously when you get good at shit, especially some shit like that, like you make some friends after a while <laughs> and then, you know, that's when, that's when stuff really kind of like, yeah. And I mean, that was like six month journey maybe of being told by my doctor, Hey, have you thought about this to all of a sudden it's like, boom, I'm, I'm freaking, you know, backpacking through state game lands, like doing some gorilla shit. And, <laughs> but those were honestly, that was uh that was the first grower that I got to truly learn under. He was dope as shit, man. Oh man, this guy, the way he rolled. I mean, if you want stories, dude, I got stories. I yeah, no, we'd love to hear whatever you want to talk about. <laughs> yeah. And we can also put part of this behind a paywall also if you want to do that. We could do either way. Uh, if you if you have more secretive stories for our <sighs> subscribers. No. Well, I, um, but we well, could go either way, yeah. Well, I'll say, how about this? I'll say I'd rather you talk about right now stuff that you're uh, open to the world knowing and then, yeah, you could... We could talk later if we want to talk later about some other stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. Okay. Well, so, I mean, um, all right. I won't get into because, dude, yeah, he was, he was not only did he have the green thumbs and like double, I mean, like four of them on each hand kind of shit. Like, dude, he knew what he was doing. Um, and, and the reason I know this is because again, me being very inquisitive, I love knowing how things work. That's why I got into like electronics yeah. and stereos. And I mean, building stuff from the ground up from scratch. You know, I was also raised, uh, you know, in the Mexican barrio. It's like, dude, I, anytime I went to a friend's house, Abuelita's in the kitchen and she's making sauce or something. And I'm in there just like, what you doing? Yeah. <laughs> oh, what, you know, just being a nosy little kid. And so my mom started teaching me to, to cook when I was like eight. And then again, you know, all the neighborhood grandmothers and stuff. And so I just, I love knowing how things work. So, um, the, so we... <laughs> I'm trying to think of where I should start the story on this. Uh, what, I'll give you the quick facts. So there's uh, there's eight of us um, helpers all carrying backpacks. And then our main guy, which I'll call him, um, I'll call him Pete. Pete sounds like a good name. Yeah, uh, that's that a great just, name. Comes to my, Pete is his name. Uh, Pete's the man. Uh, and 
backpacking for six and a half hours with nothing on you. Cause I mean, dude, you got stripped at the van before you get in, um, do blindfolded six and a half hour drive to like, dude, it's insane. This guy was, he knew what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he built a crew of trust and there was a reason for it. But so just to give you an idea of like, dude, this is some serious shit that this guy was into. Um, also he would only run individuals once only like that was just his thing too. That's how he ran. You get one run, you're done. One session, you're out. I don't I don't trust anybody ever. It's like you get one season with me and we're finished. Mm. I was the only exception that I'm aware of. Oh, wow. <laughs> so again, because I'm very inquisitive, but I'm also very like childish about it. Because I'm just like, I'm thirsty for knowledge. I'm Johnny Five, you know. I <laughs> input, input. Like I just, I want knowledge. And so because I ask for for knowledge and not what seems to be uh, understanding of what perception of power is. So it's not like I'm asking for information so I could possibly overtake you someday. I'm truly interested in what you're doing as a passion. Like I can see there's love here. Can we discuss some of these things? So I was very mindful of what I asked him, how I spoke to him, when I spoke to him. But yeah, the first time we're, um, we're all breaking down our backpacks, you know, eight of us and we all, we all carried in different shit. So some of us have like clones, some of us have, you know, vermiculite, some of us have fishing lines, some of us have deer scat, like there's all these different things. And we wind up digging out a field, 100 spot, literally 100. And that's just, that was like the first one. Oh, wow. So you have to run, the one thing I learned is you have to, especially when you're doing gorilla, is you have to run multiple sets because you're playing a game of numbers. Yeah. But this is also why you can't trust any of your crew past one season. Because if you want to run the same fields, you can't even get a chance for them to possibly understand where you're at. Because again, dude, we got stripped at the van. You get none of your shit with you because you're going to be gone for a couple of days. Yeah, everything you need is with us right here, right now. We're done. Yeah, blindfolded, back of do econo line, no windows. <laughs> this is no joke, man. Sitting on yeah, the, like, no, for real. Sitting on the floor like we're crossing the border, illegal alien kind of shit, both blindfolds on and no electronic devices. And I'm like, I don't. This is still the time of like almost pagers and shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, dude, quick little piece of one of the things I noticed as we were backpacking the first set. Um, before we even, you know, get to the whole unwrapping the backpacks and I find out what's in all of the other shit. He's got this, we're walking and walking again for like six and a half hours. I'm just walking and walking. And we, you, you can tell you're walking some kind of circle, but not really. Like if you know what you're doing, you can pay attention. So if you have some sort of idea of how to like survey land and keep your wits about you, you know, like military kind of shit. <laughs> As well as if you have this little green and black old school kind of digital display giving you position coordinate thing. And I'm like, I'm like, what the? So now I can see him. He's just on occasion just keeps you know pulling a shit. And it's like, you know, normally that'd be like compass and map or whatever. And it's like, <laughs> no, homeboy's got tech on him. And it's like, I've never seen or heard of this shit yet. <laughs> right. So yeah, I, you yeah. know, here I am like 19 growing up in a military family. Most of my family's also like law enforcement. We all more or less live out in California where it's been all this shit's like been cool as can be. And, you know, I, do, I got family and whatever that like probably, you know, grow and smoke and buy you. We, we don't get, nobody gives a shit anymore. Right. Oh yeah, for sure. But that's also why it's very interesting for me to hear these stories because like, obviously I am a generation younger than you. 
So, like, weed has been very uh, okay for the most part. Obviously, people still yeah. shame me for smelling like weed and shit like that. But, like, outside of, yeah, no, outside <laughs> of that, uh, it's very chill, like, in, in my circles. And, like, also, I'm in, like, artist circles, I guess, mostly. So, like, it, of course, it's always been, like, okay in those circles. But, yeah. like, um, it is fascinating to hear these stories of just, like, the people who fought to get it to this point. Because, like, somebody had to provide weed for the country and somebody was providing weed for all of these people who were like, hey, I uh, I smoke it, but I'm not going to say I smoke it. Like, I'm going to do it in secret. And it's like so many people have been smoking weed in secret for, like, generations and generations. And it's like now they can all smoke out in the open. They could all get their edibles and have their, like, oh, yeah, we're all going to get uh, shwasty at the uh, Almond Brothers cover band. <laughs> like, you know. Um, but... It is, like, these crazy stories of, like, the people and their competitive turf and, like, getting to this point. And, like, I've watched, like, the Sasquatch documentary on Hulu. I don't know if you watched that. I mean, which one? There's, there's a bunch, honestly. I mean, we're talking, uh, talking Bigfoot. It's the one. It was, Bigfoot, it was like, the one that was about the, uh, the Humboldt County one that was, like, uh, on a weed farm. And it was, like a documentary basically about like this murder that he was like, I don't even know if it actually happened. Like it was just like a crazy fever dream. Murder mountain. Mm, I, it might be, it might be titled. That was like a mini series one. I think that was like six or eight episodes where they were talking about how people just disappear on murder mountain. No, they were not. (laughs) This is like one murder. (laughs) This is just one. Just a singular. But I mean, this uh, murder mountain was kind of, that area. Well, it was one, it was, it was like one specific one that kind of almost jarred this instant investigation that had been lacking almost because all of a sudden this one parent just becomes, you know, from like Australia or something gets like overly concerned, only knows that her daughter's been in this area as the last known of anything. So of course it's her only point of contact gets to the point where she's so freaked out, literally flies from freaking Australia to go to Humboldt and all this. Yeah, I'm talking, you know, the, the the Emerald Triangle up in the, the dude, which, been there, bro. You do not fuck around. Up, You do not fuck around. Like, it's, whew, it is fucking lawless as shit up there, bro. That, like, because I come, I come from, like, Orange County, New York, which isn't, like, so rural. Right, like, right. I feel like it's, like, kind of, like, I understand, like, what happens as you get further away from the cities and as things spread out and how, like, yeah, like, everybody just feels like nothing happens, you know? So, like, more things happen because people feel like nothing's ever happening. <laughs> well, and, but I will say this, and especially growing up in the neighborhood I did, the, the few things that I've been privy to as, as a really awesome thing in my life is I've really had great examples of what it is to be loyal. Like, dude, I mean, and we call like between me and my people, we call each other the 3 a.m. friends. And I tell you what, all the people on my friends list are 3 a.m. friends. And here's the deal. If you call me at 3 a.m., I got two questions. Where are you? Do I need money and or a shovel? (laughs) I don't care what you do. I don't care what the answers are. You need to give me knowledge. And so, I mean, most of my people, we don't even say that shit. It's just like, as soon as you pick up the phone, be like, hey, what's up? It's like, yeah, so wifey's in the hospital. You're like, oh, shit. Where at? Oh, she's in. All right, bet. Click. They just now told me where they need me to go. And it's like, cool, get the fuck in the car. Bring money and shovel and whatever else you can because you got to go take care of some shit. These are the cats that it's like, dude, these are my people. 
Yeah. We are three AM friends. It was a, they say a good friend will help you hide. A great friend will help you hide the body. <laughs> yeah, those are three AM friends. So those are those are the people I've been very privy to and, and so loyalty is is huge with me and my people. Wow. Like you 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 I learned at a very young age is you you look you keep your mouth shut even when you're talking, you still keep your mouth shut. How long were you out in California? When did you, you I moved here just before I turned thirteen. Oh wow! So oh. yeah, I had I had over so all this was here. This was not or no. Oh well, no! So the the barrio ghetto OG Vato shit was yeah from the time I was like two and a half, almost three, until I was almost thirteen. So but a lot of the stuff with your doctor was older. So yeah, that was, was yeah. My doctor was nineteen. So yeah, yeah so fast that's forward, after. Oh, like, wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. So which I mean, so what brought you out here? Uh, parent stuff, just you know, nice, jobs yeah. and things, and you know, to Word. to move up, air quotes, to you know, get a promotion and shit. You gotta sometimes you gotta move and stuff. Which coming from a military family, like that was, I mean, again, oh yeah, born in Spain, raised in California, because that's where all my family's at, and so it's like, oh okay, yeah, I've uh, I've gone to several schools. It's cool. I've done private and public. It's uh, I've been afforded a lot of really dope opportunities. The more and more I look at my, my life, and that's why I say I think all of us have these experiences and opportunities. It's just whether or not we're willing to look at it, see it for the lesson, enjoy it for what it's. Because that's the thing is, it's great to learn something, but if you can learn from it and like become happier and smile more, like if you literally just become a happier, light and love soul. Dude, you know, it sounds as cheesy as it is. Like, yeah, that's what I'm I look menacing, but you know, I'm like a fucking tree huggy, you know, hipper, like hippie type where it's just like, dude, peace, love, and harmony, man. Like, for real, because we all can do that. But you have to, you have to take care of yourself first. Like, you really do got to dig deep. What do you do for your uh, self care? Um, meditation. Uh, proper. TM or just regular meditation? So it depends. I have a couple of different, I have what would be more defined as like prayer. Which to me, meditation is the same as prayer. You're just focusing on a single idea. You're clearing everything out and making this just a single idea that you're focusing on. So whether it's you're asking for blessings or being appreciative of the day, like dude, these are things that meditation are, but these are also things that people that are praying do. You know, yeah, so they're yeah. one and the same, and people don't really see that. But yeah, so whether it's me just having my affirmations for the day and connecting with all the stuff around me. You know, the heavens above, the earth below, and all that which is around us, which is like the angels or the spirits. Because I don't care what you believe in. Dude, science, religion, isms, all these things define these different energies or entities. No matter what they are, they all have a definition. They all have a signifier placed on them. And then a connotation built around it, which is unfortunate because we should, dis you know, dispensing knowledge impeccably where it's like, this is just what it is. There's no bias on this. This is just... If, if you want to call it something, here you go. Sorry, that's the best I got. <laughs> you know, because when you put it in certain terms, you're putting an automatic bias or you're giving it a connotation, which could be either trying to pump it up or push it down. And it's like, we should all be, be you know, being impeccable with ourselves and our thoughts so that our actions are impeccable, which impeccable just means being the rawest, honest, most succinct expression of that thing, whatever that is, you know? Nice. No, Sorry, bro, I, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm getting hypnotized by what he's telling me, and I'm just like, oh shit. I didn't mean to bring it around, shit, bro. My bad. Shit, my that man. is real. No, no, no. It's good stuff. Cheers, man. Yeah, this is a very good beer, this. also. I, I'm enjoying this as well. Dude, but and that's, it's sippable, you know, because it's 9.6%. So you can, you can pound them. 
And if you have, you know, if you drink craft beers, most of them are going to be 8%ers and up and stuff, you can actually, like, drink them, drink them. But even if you're not, you can still sip on it as it warms, as it breathes. It just, it has more fragrance to it. It just has a greater finish. Like, dude, this is just, this is why this is the number one seller of Round Guys, because it's, like, the dopest shit they've ever made. It is very dope. It is very dope indeed. Um, what is, uh... Oh, I got more over here, too, bro. Not of that. I got other stuff, too. Oh, shit. Well, yeah, we'll, can... t- we'll talk about that before we uh, get into the next question. What do you got there? <laughs> uh, so I have um, either a uh, East Coast Session Transmission 5.1, nice little citrus, no extracts, no lactose, yeah, no no freaking fruits. Like, it's literally all that. Plus, I have a, a, a Hellas Lager, which is like your butter, your yin. I, I have one of those at Foreign Objects. We have a Hellas Lager. <laughs> Dude, it's just cool because Lansdale, that's where they're out of, is just a hardworking American town. So it's like, well, what, what's a hardworking American beer? Freaking Hellas Lager, 3-2-1. Yeah. So, and people love their yingling out in uh, Pennsylvania, oh, yeah. so you gotta have a lager. Uh, then I got a mix of uh, Belgian Triple, uh, Imperial Stout, English Brown, and a Baltic Porter. <sighs> Could I get one of the dark? Yes, I'm the dark. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, the dark porter is going to be a heavy coffee. It doesn't have coffee added. It's just the tone. Uh, the imperial stout is a lighter the- coffee with a little bit of um, you know, like creamy tone. The English brown actually has a little bit of vanilla and cinnamon, almost like unsweetened Bailey's. Okay, let's do the English brown. God go. damn it. I, I, drink, I drink Smithwick's every opportunity I get, so okay, I feel okay. like a more like red-brown area. Um, well, you, plus, it's Christmas and Hollis, which is a Rum DMC reference. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, they do oh, yeah. They do musical references, too, because the uh, the owner, Scott's dope as shit. He's a uh, massive audiophile. So he's got this massive music collection in his brain, and he just loves naming shit, because he's also a dad, so he's got corny-ass dad jokes. So his, his names for beers are just freaking spot on. Uh, Look what's yours, from Wu-Tang after, you know, because that was the thing. People don't know this, man. Wu-Tang. All right. So Jizza, the genius, was actually the genius. Did, I think, two albums, different label. Joins Wu-Tang. Is now Jizza or Jizza, the genius. Does, you know, 36 Chambers. Once 36 Chambers is done, I mean, RZA did it smart. He got all these people hooked up with freaking independent solo deals. Uh, so Jizza now the genius does his first album after joining Wu Tang as Jizza or Jizza the Genius, and it's him and RZA doing Liquid Swords, which is still to this day one of the most amazing hip hop albums ever. Along with Thirty Six Chambers, it's like RZA did back to back damn near like dope producer, really good dude. I mean, typical like Adam Sandler type where it's like I made my shit, but I brought my family with me kind of stuff like. That's dope as fuck, man. Hell yeah. No, it's cool. Uh, Wu-Tang is on, for the children. On my, uh, one of the other podcasts I produced, Young Black Suburban, they actually mm. did a podcast in Newark with, uh, uh, what, uh, Dupre Kelly, Do It All. Okay. Uh, and he was, like, in the Lords of the Underground, um, like, hip-hop group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, yeah, fucked around with, like, Method Man and shit like that, and it's just, like, Hearing all of that, like, old-school hip-hop shit is also very cool. For people of my generation, again, because it's just, like, hip-hop is very different now because I think the internet has kind of taken over and it's just very, uh... But see... It's very algorithmic, you know? But, me, like, me and my it, people would call that rap music. Yeah. Rap music is about the industry. Hip-hop is about the culture. Huh. All right. Yeah. For real, for real. Because that's the thing. Hip-hop is the five... Dude, it's the five elements. Dude, it's it's emceeing, it's breaking, it's graffiti, it's education, which is like one of the hugest parts of it. 
because it really is about like uplifting and like, I mean, dude, it is education, you know, because that. Be, this is what I love about music. So, all right, going going back to the whole music thing. Yes, I have such an affinity for it. I mean, I got raised on West Coast rap Hell because yeah. I mean, I'm growing up in '80s, you know, West Coast outside of Los Angeles. Like, all right, picture this: I'm eight, I'm eight and a half, almost nine years old. I'm like four foot six, short little, you know. But dude, I am freaking brown as shit because I'm in California and I'm always out in the sun. So yeah, I look like a little northern Spanish kid. I'm blonde hair, blue eyed, <laughs> but dark as hell. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's all. That's why they, you know, once they stopped kicking my ass and had respect for me, they they stopped calling me like Blanquito and like Puto Maricón and like all sorts of stuff and started calling me Weto. Dude, Weto is like when you acknowledge that one cousin who's like a little lighter than everybody and you're like, <laughs> hey, you're kind of thin in the blood there, bro. <laughs> but, you know, you still get respect because it's like, hey, me familiar. Like, you're still fan so it's like hey you're just weirdo it's like hey we don't talk about him it's okay mm -hmm. and so you know having that kind of respect and you know it's just it, it, i get dude man i've been afforded some really great you know things just growing up and, and the way stuff has worked out like it's it's kind of insane honestly like i can't even imagine the the the, the lessons you know because when you retrospect I also I have a psychology degree. Well, actually, I have a minor, but it's. Where'd you go to school? Uh, I went to the sales. Okay, word. which was kind of dope because really? that's where. Well, I def I finished my degree there, and so going back to you know, do I read? Uh, yeah, if it's dry academia. <laughs> so, I going to the sales. I had to take theology. Didn't matter what I was taking as Fuck a as yeah. a major. I did but, not take any theology classes, but I fuck with that. <laughs> Continue. Well, <laughs> because to me, there's 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 a logical. Hey, we have evidence. This is why we have our feelings, thoughts, or so it's like let's have the data speak. Down with that shit, man. I want I want to see what your perspective is because you're talking knowledge, you're talking information, you're talking more than just you know coincidences. Yeah. We're now talking consistency. I'm I'm a firm believer. I know that I know nothing. I literally know that I know nothing because no matter how much I want to say I know stuff, it's it's how much confidence do I have in that ism or belief. It's literally what it is. So, you know, I have knowledge of that I know nothing. So I'm open to discussing or being a part of. Being told that I was like, I had to take theology classes. I was like, ah. Then it's like, oh, but you get to pick which one. So I was like, oh. <laughs> so I wind up grabbing this one that was called, um, oh, what the hell was it? It was um, four different perspectives of, of Jesus. So the, the book that we wound up reading, uh, I'm going to forget the freaking title on this, but it, it's more or less like, um, you know, four, four, different, uh, four different books, one Jesus. Wow. So it's taking the, the correlation of like basically the four largest uh, knowledge-based expressions of information you know the, the the again the data driven stuff where it's just like the stone tablets the archaeologists the the geo you know every science is just like yes we can say this is good data or good information you you get those four main perspectives and then they they more or less spelled out it's just like do you do you guys not see the patterns here <laughs> like there, there's a high rate of consistency just on the top four just in the top four, like, you can say, like, hey, you know, they're all based in the same language, so they all have the same interpretations or the same, you know, hand-me-down, whisper, you know, down-the-lane stories and da-da-da-da-da, so there's going to be variations, but it's like, okay, cool, you you do those as almost like an outlier, and you look at all the other data, 
and it still kind of supports this where it's like there's there's some seriously congruent ideas over here. That's hmm. so why I'm a firm believer. I don't care what your ism is, like whatever you believe in, because I don't get, I don't get, you can claim it as whatever. You have a belief system. Hmm. It may be I don't believe shit and I'm biased to everything, but that's your belief system. Whether you want to agree that that's what it is, that's why I say impeccable statements. That's all it is. Do it's a belief system. There's no good or bad on it. It's that's what it is. Do you think that religion is going to survive the digital age or do you feel like other things are going to like take that space of religion eventually? Or do you think that it is only growing stronger because people can be united more? I think the, the united aspect of that is spirituality where we're going again back to the idea that there's like these four main and you still have this congruent idea. You look at all belief systems, somehow or another, there are congruencies that it's like For you're sure. now going past coincidences to like consistency. I don't, I don't, I know I don't know anything. Yeah. Dumbest, <laughs> and I, I say this on my show all the time. I was like, dude, everybody knows I'm the dumbest dude in the world because I say I know nothing. It's not literal. It's more figurative in the sense of just like, hey, I'm trying to be as open as possible. So I know nothing. What's up? What do you have for me? Give me knowledge. You know, it's the same reason why that anybody will come up to me and it's like, hey, I may or may not know you. I'm going to give you some time right now. The next 30 seconds to a minute is up to you on whether or not we're going to continue this. So make this shit good. But I'm at least going to acknowledge you and give you like, because I want that, you know, because you might have knowledge or I might have knowledge and I'm supposed to give it to you. I don't know. Because, I mean, you, having knowledge means that you also have the, the responsibility of giving that knowledge and doing it impeccably where you're just giving it as unbiased. It's like, hey, this is – I'm sorry to say this is what it's called. There you go. <laughs> Don't care what you're buying. That's what I'm selling. Have a nice day. <laughs> so, Do you think that the religions were inspired by some rye that had some air god on it or some mushrooms? <laughs> All right, so here, or do you think it just came from like literally just creative people, or literally just people who were breathing a lot and meditating a lot? Um, yeah. So, I, and this is where I go to. I don't. You know, there's so many different stories because you also get like stone ape theory. Um, you get um, if you follow like Billy Carson type, uh, he which he's dope. He talks about um, like Anil and the uh, Anunnaki and Amun Ra, which is where we get Amen from. Like he's uh -huh. very literal, goes back to all of the freaking stone carvings, like ancient freaking knowledge type dudes. When you when you put when you look at all that stuff, you still get this like congruent idea of like peace, love, harmony things. So you know it's when you get the individuals like him, where you 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 can take almost a literal expression of a book being written or these sand you know sand carvings or you know because dude this this is what kills me about sand stuff uh, like uh, you know or star sand not sand uh, stone like stone stone structures these these materials are some of the hardest components this earth has. Like yeah. for us, even on our engineering level now, where we cut freaking like titanium and platinum and, you know, all of these like, we can split atoms for crying out loud. And we're looking at these stone structures saying, I don't know how they carve that shit so nice. Like, bro, there's some stuff in there. So, I mean, going to the whole religion thing to me is, 
you could look at all of these different isms, all of these different hand-me-down stories across the entire world, across all these different times. You can call it what you want. You can put all these names on it. And we're all saying the same shit. Aliens. <laughs> but yeah, because I mean, yeah, you, you, it. Muhammad was visited. <laughs> Moses was visited. But you get like, so, I mean, you were asking about the whole Urgot thing. So you get, you get knowledge of that. Yeah, we can see through even Darwinism, you know, Darwinism idea that there is evolution. Things change or mutate yeah. because of just natural selection. Like, dude, this is science. Like, it's like, dude, the world says this. This isn't me. This is what the data says. I'm sorry. This is what it is. Yeah. So even on that level, like, you, you, you again, you get the support for stoned eight. Uh, but you also get um, the idea of the the monkeys eating the you know the the fermented fruit and just being drunk, and it's like you get some that are just still they hang out under the tree all day and just like hang out and just get drunk and get eaten by lions and shit. But <laughs> at some point, those ones are going to disappear. The ones that were eating of that forbidden fruit and became knowledgeable of some kind, which that's another thing, dude. I don't care theologyism again. The, the story of our origin and consistent to today, the stories have so many consistencies. The ideas, which to me, the, you know, Tesla, frequencies, vibrations, energy. When you start to really think on that and you can see these like sine waves as you get these like hills and valleys, you can see how string theory with, you know, parallel dimensions can get overlap where you have these places where you could literally dip in and out of alternate timelines, almost like a create your own ending, you know, storybook where it's like, if you're going to go into the pit with snakes, turn to page 26. If you're like, <laughs> F this, I'm going to grab the rope, go to 25. You're like, okay, cool. And you just, you know, but it's all about your choices and you can dip in and out of those timelines and stuff. Like science says it, isms say it. I mean, this is, this is why it's like, if we all were more open or accepting to everyone else's ideas because we were more open and accepting to almost dismantling our ism or our belief system, willing to question ourselves or our beliefs, then, then we could have an open, honest conversation about anything. For sure, yeah. Um, just one step of... Uh... A little bit deeper, and then we'll uh, we'll go in a different direction. Dude, hell yeah, bro! I'm having a blast. <laughs> but like, no, you're a very digital person. Do you think it's possible that we are uh, like just a simulation that's being like rendered right now? <laughs> <laughs> and then, so and then we'll we'll dip back out of this stuff <laughs> and go back into more real life stuff. Well, but no, because like, all right, so yeah, here's the deal: is this goes back to what what's your definition of what is is. So whatever you define your ism or your belief, there's different things, sciences and, you know, faith-driven systems that all support that. So if you look at the idea that we are, you know, air quotes, love and light. So we are literal light beings in a fifth, sixth, and or seventh dimension being projected in a three-dimensional world, having a human experience. That's the science expression of it. That sure shit sounds like VR to me. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Like, am I going to wake up in a tank and be like, Whoa. I didn't write the name of the Matrix. Fuck, shit. I'm out of it. <laughs> Damn, Damn it. it. Oh, I don't want to get pinched. What do I do? And this is why death sucks. I'm just in a fucking tank. Shit. Hell <laughs> oh, yeah, man. And that's, that's, again, that's why I'm like, science or an ism, This the, your construct or your belief system supports the idea that we could literally be in a pizza hut in the 
Seventh Dimension playing one of those freaking sit-down arcades of Pac-Man style, but it's Grand Theft Auto meets uh, The Sims. Where you're just like, <laughs> I'm going in, and it's like full VR, and you you put that shit on expert, where you're just like, I'm going to get the bombest high score. And so you literally get your memory wiped. You have the ass handed to you of the world where you're just like, I've had the shittiest life I've ever had. And like, how could anybody ever live like this and still want to be happy kind of life? <laughs> and you still have to be happy with it and find a way to do it and transcend just as if you were, air quotes, the Jesus, you know, idea. Because that's the thing. It's like, dude, I got a freaking foot and a half Jesus on me. And it's not because I'm religious. <laughs> it's because I'm logical and spiritual. Where I can understand one entity, one energy source being, hey, I'm willing to take on all the fucking bullshit for everybody. Even if it's in one single swoop and I got to like suffer for it. I'm going to do that shit for you all. That's a dope idea, bro. Yeah, for sure. I come from Judaism, so like... We kind of end at Jesus. <laughs> dude, dude, four books, one Jesus. Like I tell you, dude. Oh, it was, that shit was dope as hell. You know? No, but I'm definitely. A, I I'm very uh, curious about other religions. As somebody who did not take theology classes and shit like that, and like, uh, I know a lot of like awesome Muslims, and like everybody's Christian in America. So like, obviously, I don't get Christians also. Dude, I but, like again. So yeah. being born in Spain, raised in Cali, I've also traveled. So I've been to multiple continents, several countries, tons of freaking islands. Okay. I've I've been introduced to lots and lots of different cultures. And I mean, the one thing it's definitely taught me is I don't care if you just travel outside of your town, go somewhere different. Oh yeah. If you're if you're pretty much stuck inside your home right now, if all you've been doing is like living at home and working from home, dude, you know what? Literally just go to the next town and walk through their park. <laughs> Talk to nobody. Go to somewhere different. Any kind of traveling to me is 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 an opening. So you have externalized the idea of like, hey, let's go over here. Which means internally you might be willing to say, Hey, I think this, but I'm willing to look at that. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I just I'm I'm very big on what you do internally is something that you would do externally, you know, of above so below. So the same thing is if you're going to do this externally, eventually it would seep into your internal. So it doesn't matter what actions you're taking, as long as you're moving towards this idea of peace, love, and positivity for all things, eventually you'll have it for you in all things and you'll just be making much better choices. Yeah. No, I totally agree with the peace, love, and positivity mm -hmm. message. And I think that that is something that everybody can get behind. Um, I was just going to... Oh, and it has no propaganda or agenda other than just like, dude, be good to yourself, be good to everything else. Like, it's that fucking easy. Like, I always say it is, don't be a douche. That's the, that's the positive way of saying it. Be good to yourself, be good to everything else. That means love yourself internally, love everything externally. Hell yeah. Up above, so below. I don't care what you read. Isms, uh, you know, different books, tarot, or tarot, the, the Torah, uh, you know, freaking, you know, the uh, the Quran, you know, the Sanskrit, like, dude, Egypt, you, all of them tell you the same thing. Love yourself, love everything else. This is very true. Uh, I remembered what I was going to say. The, oh, yeah, no, the sessions with Mary Jane and the... Uh, the Roundhouse... No, no, Round Guys. Round Guys Brewing Company. They're actually... Uh, they just started... Uh, they met with a new pub uh, name of Roundhouse. Oh, it's funny you said yeah. that. <laughs> that's hilarious. Because they just signed with a new set of partners to run the front of the house. Uh, but the you know the brewery's still doing their thing. Because we, uh, we do actually... 
I'm their sales rep. I do a ton of freaking like contract, man. We get a lot of like one-off specialties and like private label stuff that we've been doing as well as helping out other breweries, man. Yeah, I got to get some kegs over at my brewery. Uh, I mean, dude, <laughs> we can make that happen, man. No, I know. Yeah, we'll talk off pod with yeah, that Threaten stuff. me with a good time. Um, happens. But I remembered what uh, I was yeah, trying yeah. to say before <laughs> that like your beers they, and your uh, great uh, Lord, the green goddess, uh, marijuana, uh, have prevented me from getting to this point. But uh, you are also into film, so I want to know what your top five films are because you have very interesting views of the world. So I feel like you must have some some very crazy uh, views of the film world as well. So uh, yeah, and so, uh, I would ask you, can we differentiate? In is are we talking top five as in like island selection of hey, you only have five movies you can take with you. What five are these <laughs> for all of eternity kind of thing? Or is it like, hey, what's your top five because they're the most enjoyable or intelligent or, you know, have, have the big, you know, so there's, there's a different five, five movies that define you, you know, like what five movies, movies you, define me? Yeah. Five Ooh. movies that like, uh, um, like there, there are movies that I love and there are movies that define my personality because like we are all influenced by culture and we all define ourselves and make up our character that we play every day in this, like, acting that we do. Uh, so, yeah, it, I think that gives some insight into how people tick. <laughs> uh, Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon. Okay, wow. Bruce Lee's Enter the Dragon. All right. Um, this man knows respect. <laughs> Discipline. <laughs> Very much. Uh, but then um, Richard Pryor and John Candy Brewster's Millions. Okay. Um, always and forever because this is my absolute number one so I don't care what list it is it's always going to be in there uh, John Hughes uh, Breakfast Club oh yeah fuck yeah that's something I've seen dude it just it, oh, there, it, <laughs> dude, we, I could talk for for years about Breakfast Club you know, fuck John Hughes on top dude I could talk just Breakfast Club forever <laughs> um, and then a fifth uh, you, um, <sighs> dude it's got to be so you, Killer clowns from outer space. Damn. See, this is why I ask these questions because we get answers like this. So, are you like a big horror guy? Are you like an anything guy? I'm a big B-rated cheese as fuck dad joke shit kind of guy. Yeah. So the you're... Co- you, Bruce Campbell, Evil Dead. You know, freaking the hand with the the chainsaw. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um. But yeah, even like 1970s freaking um. You know, Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, we actually had Mark Scheffler, who was in the He also is on our podcast. Dude, he's yeah. dope as shit. He's very cool, yeah. It's, uh, dude, we talked to Robin Williams for like 45 fucking minutes with that dude. Honestly, though, yeah. That's like the cool thing is like you realize that these are all humans. Like the legends were humans and like there were humans that were around them and doing the same things, you know? Like same things in different ways, I guess you could say. Because like obviously Mark Scheffler was not Robin Williams, but like... He was in those circles. Like we also interviewed Larry Hankin. I, I don't know if you've talked Dude, to him. He's actually going on the show February second. So yeah, so his he, new book drops February first. The first he can talk is February second. I get him February second, like that fucking morning. But that man has like he is like a Forrest Gump that. of like right. he's a Forrest Gump of like the life he's lived and like definitely go back to that podcast if you haven't listened to our sessions with Mary Jane with Larry. Dude, Larry Hankin is fucking dope as shit. Um, I guarantee you, if he's talking, you want to listen to that shit. Yeah, and it's just like, 
it's wild, but like you see how like the generations kind of like the old tides become the new tides because like you're doing this stuff at a brewery and it's like there's good beer coming out of that brewery and it's like that's how you are relevant and like that's how an artist becomes like a legend is because you are a part of the other legendary things like Larry Hankin is legendary because he was around Bob Dylan and it's like they were friends and it's just like he is around people of that like monumental like status and like you have to be a part of like the cool shit that like lasts a while and like people like and people are there in the room and if they're not in the room it doesn't fucking matter you know and like we're on Spotify right now or Apple or whatever but it's like yeah it's like people listen to us and they want to hear us and that's like being in the room but it's like it's all about being in the room and like being a part of this and like finding the new culture because like you're not just gonna get it on your fucking phone like you have to go out of your house and like find like the new bands the new comedians the new films the new shit and it's like good that we're still pumping this shit and it's like oh there's good beer and like the good beer places have good events with the good people you know this is what you're saying all the same shit I was saying but fucking a totally (laughs) different way which is what fucking life is about yeah we all have the same fucking experiences we just look at them differently that's why I was like, if we can all have the same idea of like, learn from what you're doing, take as much blessing and appreciation from it, you'll fucking grow and you'll be like, holy shit, I can't believe how much knowledge I have. And, and knowing all of that knowledge, as I call it, you know, to be impeccable with it, just it's, it's really more experience, things that I can differentiate stuff with and show appreciation because it's like, well, I've seen this and that was, that, that shit sucked, but this over here is pretty dope. So I'm glad I, I have this right here. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, but I always... Don't be a douche. It's wow. the easiest way of saying it, but it's really just be good to yourself, be good to everything else. Like, you ever heard of the, the Four Agreements, the book? Yeah. No, we have. Dude, be impeccable, rule number one, right? Take nothing personal, make no assumptions, and then do your best always. Yeah. I sure shit sounds like be good to yourself, be good to everything else. Because you're being honest, raw, and impeccable. Like, kind of hard not to live like that, bro. Wow. Um, I know I brought the room down. It's all right. What's up? Let's no, go. there's no such thing as bringing the room down in sessions with Mary Jane. There's only uh, different parts of the trip that we are on on this earth and yeah, this which, green earth, which we have some, dude. You were throwing. Oh yeah, no, no, no this is ready to go. Let's this, yeah, man. Oh yeah, no, 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 this is all good, ready for you. Um, okay. Oh. Through breaking bread, sharing cheese. Also, just by the way, we're gonna do a quick commercial right now. Um, on fucking uh saturday january 28th and also february 4th there are shows at annabella's house of mozzarella and if you've listened this long into this podcast you're my fucking hero come out to the show i'm hosting these comedy shows uh damien speranza is on the show this saturday also rebecca cotties these are like killers of north jersey and like rockland county right there and then if you can't make it this saturday Oh my gosh, we have another fucking show the next Saturday on February 4th because we're doing the first and fourth Saturdays of the month. So on February 4th, we have Monique Latisse. She had Monique's Comedy Club in Patterson, New Jersey. And that shit is wild. She was like owning her own comedy club, hosting mad shows, um, and the pandemic took her club down. Come out to the show and see why she had a fucking comedy club, because she's amazing. Also, Art Kai is coming there. Yeah, also, Art Kai is coming out from Brooklyn. Uh, Roll Wave, Tulane alumni coming out. And also, uh, that show, Sammy James, queer legend. Uh, 
She is uh, tearing up the New Jersey scene, and she's also all over fucking Zoom. Like, she must be fucking funny if she's doing all these Zoom shows, because they make me want to kill myself. So if she, <laughs> if she keeps doing Zoom comedy shows, she must be getting, like, mad responses from people in the crowd. So come out to the show. She is hilarious. Um, they are all hilarious. LNHstudios.com slash shows. Um, I'm going to grab a lighter. And this is also a great time for Philly D to just plug his podcast again so that you guys could all take a break and just like subscribe to his podcast. Oh, you do. Yeah, I can shameless plug. I can drop as well as, yeah, I do agree. Just like you said, uh, all the listeners, if you're still listening, man, me and my guy, Mr. Gemini, say the same shit. Like, cause we, we have a we got we have an actual show called In the Green Room, which is literally us warming up in the green room before our live show. So it's 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 literal. It's not like air quotes green room, like everybody's, you know, getting smoked out and shit. It's it's the stories. Cause dude, when you're in the back room, when you're in the back room of the live venue, when you're in the green room, you're you're the family, the entourage, the the act that's coming up, the act that's gonna be on after that with their family or their entourage. Like there's a whole hodgepodge of all these people that have all these amazing things that they talk about or do, and it's like they they they're just all back there talking like, you know, hey, I went and got groceries this weekend and freaking there's this old lady. We're in this Raiders jersey. Was like, what the fuck, eh? And I'm gonna go Raiders, and and it's just it's the dumbest shit. But you know, like you just said, dude. You know, we say thank you to because to those listeners because there's times where now all of a sudden people are like smacking mics and they're repositioning shit because this is you know you're in the green room, so we're we're warming up, we're getting stuff positioned and done right and checking levels and all the stupid shit. So you're getting all the stories and all these crazy weird interactions because it's just a bunch of people being fucking people that just so happen to have done all of these things. You get the craziest fucking conversations, man. That is real. Um, what do you think, if you could go back in time and you could talk to your 23-year-old self, what do you think is the best advice that nobody ever gave you? That depends on what you mean by like never gave me, like literally never handed to me. Like, hey, bro, you should know this, or because I mean, <laughs> what do you wish somebody told you when you were younger? Yeah, I wish I would have. All right, so because you're at the end of kids, kind of like not the end of kids, because like you, it's a lifelong commitment. And oh, it's yeah, fun yeah, yeah. to have like that connection, but like your kids are older now, so it's like, what would you go back in time and like tell somebody who is like. I'm 27, so I'm not that. I'm not even that fucking young. But well, like, you I'm said still 23 originally. So the the, the yeah. idea that came to my mind at 23 was that was a, a point in my life uh, where I literally had the greatest realization or epiphany around the idea of loyalty, and I had great remembrance on being raised in that Ojivato barrio with the fucking gangbangers and the drug dealers and the lowriders and the barbecues, like the living that kind of upbringing. You, if you're if you're fortunate enough to find that tight knit, where again everyone on my roster right now, dude, we are three a.m. friends. Yeah. If, if that fucking phone, because here, sure shit, my phone is always on dead silent. There's no vibrate, no nothing. I check my phone when the, I want to. Yeah. That's my phone. My it's not the other way around. My things don't own me. I own those things, mm -hmm. and I have that separation because I have that appreciation where it's like, hey, I'm grateful you. I have this, but again, moderation. So, I mean, having that realization of loyalty at 23, because it came from self-reflection of just being like, fuck, 
do I was raised right? I did have good examples. I don't care, you know, how you want to describe it because again, these were gangbangers. I mean, these were murderers, dude. dude these yeah. are these are cats that did fucking hard time. They didn't go to county, bro. They went to state or federal. Like they they were on a fucking five seven year sp- do whether it was good behavior or not. Like they went away, man, and they didn't say shit. Hard, yeah, but dude. That's fucking loyalty, man. And whether there's money involved or not, dude, you, me familia, like we are family, dude. Loyalty is hard to get. So if you can find that tight knit group, I don't care if it's one or a hundred, if all you keep around you is loyalty, you will be doing good and probably are already doing good. What do you think is the minimum transaction to get loyalty? <laughs> to, to put it in the simplest like that 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 is sorry just like, yeah, no 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 to put it in the simplest terms yeah. transparency hmm. when you're you so honesty good, honesty is good yeah yeah, yeah well, that's why i say transparency so to me honesty is one way to say it but the more impeccable is transparency because you're literally showing but you can be seen through because it's like dude look at whatever you want hear what you want this is what i'm saying because this is what it is accept it or not this is all i have because at the end of the day, just like in the four agreements, I'm trying my best. So this is the best I have is to be impeccable is to make this statement where I'm attempting to give no assumption or make anything personal. No bias, no connotation. This is just what it is. It, it's a statement of understanding. That's all. It's, it's for communication purposes, man. Mm-hmm. Because we should be, honestly, like we shouldn't even have to talk to one another. We should just be able to read our body language, which when we speak to one another, most of what we perceive is body language. We don't even truly hear the words. The words are just, you know, reassurance or, uh, you know, a uh, basically like a, a reiteration. It's a seconding of just like, yeah, what the body already said. It's like, hear this. Yeah, but you already saw this. So, I mean, we should be on that kind of a level where we speak in energy and vibration and frequency, like telekinetic shit where... Yeah, you can you can just nod to the person the right way or give them that like, you know, the double deuce where you throw the signs up. It's like, yo, you're either saying like, peace, homie, or you're just like, peace, homie. <laughs> you know, but it's the same shit. And the body language says that all. So, I mean, but that that resonates on frequency, vibration and energy. Hmm. Whew. I, uh, OK, I got to go back to the uh, the far out of electrical questions. Do you think that we're just vibrations? Is that is that like is that a fact? Are we just, are we just a song in somebody's head? What's what's going on with that? Do I like that right? <laughs> As the man rips a bong. <laughs> yeah, because in New Jersey, because we're in fucking Jersey where shit's fucking legal as hell. <laughs> um, we, yeah, no, it goes uh, it goes back to like what you were saying because I mean it's it's um. It's perception. It's understanding. You know, like... <coughs> excuse me. Uh, you can... That's why... I, oh, man. The the four agreements... It, when, when, you, when you attempt to be impeccable, you're now attempting to understand things on, on the rawest, honest level. Which, to me, again, going back to the, you know, as above, so below. So as inside, so external. Like... For, for me to take anything as input or information coming in as the most raw and honest, no bias, no connotations, just this is what it is. Cool, I can understand this construct. Simulation theory makes sense. Um, you know, being this as an honest, true, real expression, 
truly honest and organic as we are to understand what the physical body is, even though we still resonate as all of these molecules that, you know, are, are basically, we can't even see these fucking things. And it's like, all these are collective. And that's what makes not only our skin, but our bones and our organs. And it's like, what the fuck? (laughs) So science tells us to go on, you know, data and religion tells us to go on faith, but they all say the same thing. We are this, you know, miraculous expression of stuff. And and you have to be uh, not only responsible with that, but humbled by it. You know, but yeah, I love the idea of simulation theory and that. Because, I mean, you, 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 you can understand the idea of like through religion is, you know, we are a part of God. Like we are of the likeness of our, you know, being, as they would say, when uh, Muslims talk about it, you know, so the Quran talks about it, you know, uh, Buddhism, you know, of above, so below. That's why I was like, dude, there's so many congruent ideas, but yeah, I mean, simulation theory is you, you got faith on the religion side where it's like, uh, you know, you just had two individuals and boom, here we are. And it's like, okay, cool. <laughs> but you know, then science says like, yeah, no, like, you know, stoned ape or you got ergot and you have these, what are more or less monkeys that's realize like oh shit if i keep a stockpile of fucking food like i can get fat as fuck and like hang out and just like screw all day cool and you start to make decisions and they're they're based on instinct and what makes us feel good which is why i mean like we're sexual creatures just like anything because it it promotes the breeding process but all breeding animals are like that but that just that comes out of like habit and you know molecular evolution like, that's why I was like, science and any ism you believe in or don't believe in, they all say the same shit, you know? <laughs> but yeah, it's, we're, we're all in some form of a construct. This is where we get down into the, you know, the, the actual definition, you know what I mean? Like, you, you have to say, what, what words are we working with or what, you know, word structures are we speaking in? You know, what's the rules of the construct? So in, in this one idea, this word means this, but in this one, it means that. And it's like, so you, you almost have to have like monopoly style, the rules to the game to understand what you're doing. And when we get, when we get caught up in the semantics of it, because I mean, again, it's just how we define things. When we get caught up in what we call it and we can't agree, even though we're all agreeing, is like the most asinine thing in the world, man. Yeah. (laughs) And I I think this, no matter what system we're in, however you want to define it, that's like the biggest understanding is like, you just have to be you, be the best you you can be and just move on and just hope you left the best example and then just keep going. Like we just have to, because all things continue. Matter can never be destroyed. It only changes. Right? Yes. The entropy of energy and shit, like it just doesn't. For sure. (laughs) <laughs> I, I got I got a couple more questions for you, dude, bro. Hey, which, I don't. I'm all no, good. I'm <laughs> no, all I know. This man, like, this man is. I'm trying to give him a break, but he just keeps talking. I'm like, yo, I feel like you want to hit the bong. <laughs> I'm gonna give you a break and talk through it. Please do. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, we like touched on it earlier, but like, I just want to uh, go back in a different direction. You got a lot of tattoos going on on your body right now. Um, I am a man who has literally zero tattoos besides the time that I stabbed myself with a pencil in my knee because I hated math homework so much and I was self-mutilating myself and I have like a black dot on my knee right now. Um, but you have a lot of very good tattoos and like, I'm always fascinated by people who have tattoos because that is not the culture that I come from. 
And I'd love to hear about how you came to tattoos and like what you have going on in your tattoo realm for the people who are at home or not like, looking at your tattoos. Because they are like very colorful. Most people have black and white tattoos. This man invested in the uh, full artwork. And there is a lot of like profound mystical imagery, some biblical imagery. There's a lot of different things going on. Oh my goodness, yes. And he said he has Jesus on his chest, but he's not going to show me that. Oh wow, yeah, he he 100% has Jesus on his chest. And, a low and he has a car. Yeah, low rider. Fucking where he's born. Fucking goddamn. This man is literally a walking advertisement for himself. He is the fucking fulfillment of the simulation. But when did the tattoo journey start? <laughs> uh, well, firstly, yeah, that's... So, at the deepest core of my tattoos... That's the expression I want to do is you could be at my funeral open casket, which I mean, I want to get cremated ashes, the ashes, the, like I want nothing to be brought back to this earth. Like I, I need to transcend and move on as we all do. You know, reincarnation is just a way to stay here and keep learning. You can, you can tap out of the game at any time you want. You can just, you know, stop playing, you know, start new game. I don't care how many quarters you get. It's free play. There's no quarters. You just keep playing, you know, play one player, one player. You just, you, but yeah, you can tap out and do it. But it's, um, I, I would say that if, if you were to see open casket, yeah, fully naked, just as I came into this world, as I'm now going out, it's just the opposite side of it. You know, again, differentiation. You should be able to see my tattoos and know me, know my life. Like I should be a literal, as you said, walking advertisement of what I was, and that's that's really what they are. I mean, because I, I mean, dude, I'm like I'm covered all down. Oh here wow, he has legs too. Like, his calves. Oh yeah, no, I'm he has all, flowers on his calves. He has. I got like, a fucking taco on me and shit. It's like cortexes uh, into the other dimension. <laughs> well, all right, so cool because I mean. With my tattoos is the, the right side is hell, the left side is heaven, which is why you get love is suicide over here, but you get true love is a gift. It's, it's, it's the same idea, just completely opposite. Wow. Because to, to try to love something just because it is, you're going to kill yourself. Literally, favorably, it doesn't matter. You're still going to kill yourself. That's suicide. Whereas to have any kind of honest, true, impeccable love, like a child's love, a mother's love, like it's just raw, it's honest. There's no conditions. There's no, it's all acceptance. It's all love. Like, so I got hell on the one side, heaven on the other, but my back, and as you said, yeah, hella color, but my back, all gray wash. Oh, wow. Because here's the deal is on these sides, on these extremes, on these outsides, there's clear definition. It's very bright. It's very specific. You're either very bad or you're very good. This man has stained glass on his arm. Sorry, I'm trying to describe oh, yeah. it for the viewers. Oh, absolutely. See all oh, yeah, as well as, uh, yeah, Mother Mary, like, figure. Uh, I got a freaking hawk because that's, uh, hawk is my spirit animal. Nice. Yeah, I believe in all that stuff. Plus, if you also see, I have uh, the hand of man. Yeah. And then the hand of God or the, the ultimate universe, which there's still some like clouds and shit. Like this Italian is Italian. Yeah, yeah, you do it. It's very yeah, exactly. Fucking tattoo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's that where we, you know, we of above, so below, there's that connection where it's like, it doesn't matter how good or bad you think you are. We're all the same. We're all a part of the same simulation or game or construct or belief or ism. Like we're, it's just, this is fucking what it is. Yeah. That's very real. Um, yeah, but then also, yeah, my uh, on my right leg, I have koi fish swimming upstream, which Japanese traditional, which is also my back, because my back is actually a tree of life versus a samurai, which is a death dealer. Wow. 
and they're not so much like killing one another. There's no winning over each other. There's entanglement, yin and yang. Yeah. Id, ego, super ego. Yeah. Right, wrong, in between. Heaven, hell, purgatory. I don't care what you call it. There is one thing and another, which is differentiation. It's up to us to be the balance in between. And my tattoos are an expression of that. That journey, as well as the things that mean the most to me, that are just like, you know, anytime I deal with stuff like this, like tacos or lowriders or do, they just, they make me happy. I mean, I do aquaponics. I love just growing, you know? Yeah. So having the fish on me, because I have shabukins and stuff, which are like, you know, koi fish and things. So it's, all of these things mean stuff to me. So yeah, my tattoos are very much like open casket, like, fuck, that dude lived good, eh? Like, <laughs> well, Philly D, this was an honor to interview you. I'm sure our conversation will uh, continue off pod a little bit as well. Okay, but man. thank you guys so much for uh, coming into sessions with Mary Jane. I'm sure on the next episode we will have Brendan, uh, fresh off his California son, and Rena back nice. on the podcast. But thank you so much for Philly D for coming on. Uh, I'm oh, I never, yeah, I never shameless plugged. Um, on YouTube, you can uh, youtube.com slash at ITY Studios. That's I'm telling you, ITY Studios. You can find us right there. We got everything. Plus, we're on uh, Anchor, uh, Spotify, yeah, iHeartRadio, and uh, Apple. Plus, YouTube, uh, or not YouTube, uh, but yeah, YouTube gives us the full video. Uh, everything else is just radio edits, but yeah, all things Philly D, Facebook, and but yeah, thanks, bro. I appreciate you, man. This has been dope as shit. Yeah, this was a very fun podcast. I will oh, yeah. also be uh, doing a home at home. I'm probably going on his podcast uh, in the oh, next, yeah. in, in the coming month in studio in Bucks County. My yeah. one of my favorite places outside of places that I live, Bucks County, Pennsylvania. Um, do you want to talk to Bucks County, Pennsylvania, real quick? Do Just I'm what sure. what is great about like Bucks County has some shit going on. It's like a little secret. I'm like to my girlfriend. I'm like, <laughs> if 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 we really want to like actually be like financially stable we should just move out to bucks county pennsylvania because like they have a simpler way of life and it's like just like they the stuff is as good as new york but it's not as expensive as new york <laughs> you know I, uh, this, I can say this about bucks county is if you go from all the way at the bottom in the south you get like sesame place <laughs> to the north which is pretty much damn near almost dorney park like dorney park is just yeah. the next county up but you're you're like right there so like bucks county really just kind of spans and it's you're i mean you're you're also talking close enough to new york but also close enough to jersey it's almost like bucks county is just like a really dope spot and it's a weird in between i don't know you get a really nice mix of people because you're also talking like new hope where there's just like hella mix of people um but you know washington's crossing i eat vegan like 98 percent of the time so like i wanted to hit up new hope I feel like they got good. I'm like ninety percent vegetarian. Oh, yeah. so. fuck the meat. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> except, except except for the culture. Except when people hand me meat and they're like, "This is my cultural like dish." But, yeah, but goes back to accepting cultures when exactly. you travel. Yeah. Step out of your town and say, "Yes, please, I'm willing to accept it." Yeah, dude. No, I'm willing to take the sacrifice for one day, but yeah, but, like, <laughs> but like I don't want to make it a part of my diet every day of my life for three meals a day. Agreed. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Uh, But thank you so much, guys, for listening. Uh, Thank you, listeners. You are amazing. I don't know who you are, but I love you. 
Yeah, and go back to the old episodes if you like that. Uh, check out lnhstudios.com slash shows for shows. Um, yeah, fuck it. Yeah.